Hello world and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where I focus on not living in regret and forming high-functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments, and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain, and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side. Side of what you might ask? Well, that's up to you. Hello world, Shelly Shearer here and welcome to the show. I'm trying something new today. I am standing up while recording, looking out over my gardens. For my regular listeners, you might have uh, remembered that I have changed offices. I moved upstairs into our home so that my husband could have my office downstairs as a office slash TV room because I needed his office to be turned back into a bedroom for student housing. We've taken on students this year in our basement or in our main floor of our house to keep the budget balanced, which has been a great solution. We certainly love having them here and uh, they're adult students, so I'm not a full-time mom like I was when I did exchange students a year and a half ago. So I really noticed I was struggling podcasting up here because I'm just sitting staring at computer screens. We're downstairs, I stared out into my garden. So I thought, you know what? I need to stand up and move around. Uh, it might help me kind of clear up how I'm thinking and keep my thought process going because I really do enjoy looking out into nature. So that's my, that's my big change of my test today. I apologize for my absence. It has been a rough two months. I, uh, probably the worst tax season of my career. Now granted, I've been much busier in the past, but with my fibromyalgia now and my limitations, both physically and mentally, I took on more than I could at this point in my life handle. And that's kind of the appropriate um, point I wanna make there. For my energies that I have now, it was more than I could deal with. And I just kind of walked through it like a zombie just either working or recovering, working or recovering. And it really gave me an opportunity to look at a few things and now I'm gonna share those with you. So welcome back, I apologize for my absence. Um, thank you for, for coming back and sticking with us. And uh, let's get into what I wanna to talk to, to about today. I just got back from a week in Vegas. So a reward for all that hard work at least was there was a little extra to take my husband to Vegas for his birthday. So what we did was we booked our timeshare for a week and he stayed for four days. I flew him home because he didn't have a full week's vacation over the weekend and I stayed until the Friday. So I had three days on my own which was wonderful. In fact one of those days I knew it was going to rain or have bad weather. So I planned on literally just spending the day in bed. Just reading my book, enjoying the hot tub, just doing nothing. And it was wonderful. And then I realized after him being gone for two days, I was feeling a little more energetic and I took myself off to see Michael Jackson's Cirque du Soleil show at, uh, I think it's Mandalay Bay? Yeah, I think it's Mandalay Bay, called The One. And that as well was just a very emotional um, trip down memory lane of, I, I grew up with Michael, he is of my generation from my uh, teen years onward. An amazing talent, no matter what people say, the positive, the negative, he still was a genius. And he really did try to make a difference in the world through his music. And they really did capture that and the joy so brilliantly in the show. And in fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a podcast probably along that subject 
Uh, he has a song called, uh, I think it's called Man in the Mirror. If you remember it about making a choice and making a change about being the person in the mirror first. Now, I talk about that a lot on my podcast. So it really resonated with me in the fact that it's really up to us. The world's not going to change if we don't change. And I really got kind of hit in the face on this vacation with a number of issues that mean I need to make some changes in my life. So let me share kind of what was going on. And like I always do, I am going to share what's going on in my life, but I want to bring this back to the fact that I want you to try and relate this to what's going on in your life to see if there's things that this resonates with for you and changes that you might be able to make. The situations might be different, but you might relate to the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, The need for maybe a new habit or a new way of thinking. So Vegas was one wonderful. We have not been though in almost six years. I went back two years ago for my birthday just myself because again I was very stressed and just wanted a few days uh, on my own and again coming out of tax season took myself down for my birthday but in June and just relaxed for three or four days. It was lovely, really enjoyed it. But my husband and I as a couple, and he hasn't been there really since the year before I got sick. So that's been six years. We have changed a lot in six years. Not only has both of our healths, and that's one of the things I'm gonna get into today, has changed drastically actually, but also our stages in life. Um, everything can't be blamed on you know illness or, or circumstance. I am getting older. I am now in my mid-50s, not my mid-40s like I was when we used to go to Vegas all the time. So in about 2008, we used to go to Vegas back in, you know, 10, 11 years ago, two, three, sometimes four times a year. Unfortunately, there was a terrible recession on in 2008 and flights were cheap. Hotels were being given away. And luckily, we were blessed with full-time jobs. So you know what? We we survived that. And whether our house went up in value or down in value based on the recession really didn't affect our day-to-day lives. So we were very fortunate. There was a lot of really cheap vacationing in Vegas. And we, for a good four to six years, took huge advantage of that. And the exchange rate. Uh, at one point, we were par. At a small period of time, we were stronger than the American dollar. So that all really played into it. So now here we are in 2019. The economy in both countries is strong. The exchange rate's 35%, not quite the cheap and cheerful vacation it used to be. So those days are done. But I look back at them now and realize we had a really great time, really enjoyed ourselves. People always say, what do you go to Vegas for? Like and for a week? Well, we have a timeshare there and we're golfers. And that is our time together as a couple. We go golfing, we see shows, we go out for dinner. I don't do those things at home. I rarely eat out when I'm um, home side. It's just not really part of our budget. I love to cook. Uh, I'm a big winephile, or I was. I still am, but I can't drink like I used to. And I have a wine cellar. So for me to eat and drink how I want out in a restaurant is hundreds of dollars, where I can do that at home for significantly less. So that's never been one of our things, uh, is like at home eating out all the time or just fast food. I don't eat it. I'm a celiac. I have to eat very... uh, that's the word I'm looking for, nutrient dense now for my illness. I'm very careful. I'm a bit of a health nut. My husband, not so much, but he's married to me, so he eats what I cook. 
But when we're away, that's when we do those things. So those times were always special to us as well. We're both just lay around the pool type people. We are not people that go on vacation and look for a million things to do. Our lives are busy, both our old house and this house. Although this current house is even more so, but I had huge gardens at my old house. Our yard work and our neighborhood, it is our social life. It is what we love to do. And it still is. We can see that changing in the next decade, but we've really, we've really had the opportunity, at least I have this last uh, two weeks, to really take a good hard look, talk about it with my girlfriends. Um, we have this great app called Marco Polo. If none of you have tried it, please do. I am a huge proponent of it. It is like a two-way walkie video talkie. So you just hit start, leave your friend a message, hit stop, and they just reply when they can. You can also group friends together so you're not having the same conversation with seven different people. So I have this entire group of friends, seven of us all in the neighborhood. One Marco Polo goes out, everyone gets the information, everyone chimes back in. Same thing with girlfriends I travel with. My close girlfriends just, period, that's a different group, the four of us that are very close to each other. And then just, you know, singularly. Great, great app, especially, personally, sorry for us over 35. <laughs> I can't stand WhatsApp. Um, I hate texting. Uh, I just, I'm always having to redo everything three times and there's no, there's no emotion in texting. You can't see the person's face and their expressions. So I love this app. Anyways, moving on. And often sometimes you don't always want to interrupt someone with a phone call or a FaceTime. So this is an easy way of leaving a video message with just, you know, someone gets back to it when you, when you want. All right, enough of that. But I was able to have really good chats with my girlfriend after my girlfriends after my husband went home because I really had some issues to deal with. Some, some kind of painful things came up and I, there were some tears on this particular trip. So first off, one of the things that I came to be very aware of is that I rely on my husband unconsciously to look after me. Now, he is a looker after. I married one of those people. Uh, he's not a doter. He doesn't dote on me. But in extreme cases of illness or emergency or when we're out and about and maybe I've had more than a couple glasses of wine, it has never been in 20 years I've been with him that Keith has never been the one to get us home, keep us safe in um, other countries. He's a big man. So, you know, he just always makes sure that physically around us, the area that I am always safe. And although I appreciate it and I'm aware of it to a certain extent, I was unaware to how far I had taken that dependency. Now, I'm going to tell you some stories that are a little bit embarrassing and you might think, well, is that really relevant or is that really fair of me? No, maybe not. But unconsciously, subconsciously, this is how I was. We're out now playing on the slot. So Keith and I are always good about Vegas. We have a budget. We each get our hundred bucks, a hundred dollar bill. We head to the slot machines together. And those are nights where we know we're going to probably drink a little too much and we're going to have some fun. We don't play big money. My husband sometimes is a little more adventurous than I am, but I'm a penny slot ma maker player. And I'm just in love. If I can find a slot machine that's 15 cents, like one penny, 15 lines, maybe times two, 30 cents max. They're the old machines and they've got to have interactives with bonuses that I can play. That's fun for me. It's like Disneyland for adults just sitting and hitting a button for rows of seven, kind of not my thing. So some of these um, places still have these older machines. So I always find one. And as long as I'm not losing fast, let's face it, I, I never win. Okay. My husband walks away with money. I lose it, but I want to lose it over like the whole evening and have fun, get a great waitress, tip her all night. I want to have fun. 
what I've noticed in the last few years, and this I have noticed about both my husband and I, our mental faculties are decreasing. And it's, it's a scary thing to accept. Now, I have a family that dementia and Alzheimer's is incredibly prevalent on both sides of the family. I have a father with advanced dementia right now. I have a mother who's losing her memory. And I've buried two grandparents that got old in homes because of this disease. It is a fear that I try very hard not to focus on in my life. On top of that, I have fibromyalgia, which affects our memories. When phosphate gets laid across our, our brain tissues, it really affects our mental acuity. It was something that I spent two years learning to cope with when I first got sick because my fibro came on fast and furious, which was a good thing because it was diagnosed very quickly and we got on top of it. But I'd probably been having issues for a number of years, didn't realize what it was. I was starting at work finding there was black holes in my conversation. Uh, names wouldn't come to me. There was just like nothing. It's like you're having a sentence and then there's just nothing. Like literally nothing. V very scary for a woman that is uh, quite high functioning in her life and a huge multitasker. I talk fast. I think fast. And that all went away just in such a very short period of time. And it took me a long time to adjust, to get out of the pity. Like I've People that have listened to my story on the fibro know that it was a two-year journey to get functioning at all, to even get back to work. So I'm aware of this, and I take supplements, do what I need to to manage it. But I also notice that my husband's mental acuity is starting to change, but he's unaware of it and not willing to face it. So that's been a huge frustration for me. But that's okay. We've been kind of working around it. But the last couple of years, I've noticed I've had to start taking things back on. Now, for him, he had five concussions in a, in, a, in, a, in a decade and two of them maybe three but two were very serious in other words he was off work for one of them lost his driver's license for a short period of time um, had to you know get care because he literally was flying into rages it, it, they, it is true what they say about concussion syndrome it is it is a very frightening thing well we got him better over a few years and, and things have been good. But then the last couple of years, I've really noticed that a lot of his ability to make a leap to the next conclusion, common sense, his memory really starting to falter. I think it's connected to these injuries as well as his age. I think they go in hand, hand together. And in all fairness, as most of my listeners know, he's quite a heavy drinker. So these things all affect your mental clarity. They really do. But what's happening now is it's affecting something that I rely on him for. So we're playing the slot machine. And it's definitely later in the evening. I've had a few drinks and I win this bonus. And I, when I'm playing the bonus, I win this second or third from the top. It was like, like a $15 win. I'm playing on a penny machine here, people, okay? And without thinking, I... I reject the offer like it's something you get these multiple chances of choosing better I reject the offer and of course then I get the lowest one for like two dollars and I win that and I'm looking at my husband going what just happened he says well why did you reject that I says why did you let me so he was sitting beside me he, I don't even think he was playing he was actually watching me do this bonus and in my mind I didn't register that I had won fifteen dollars it was like I was registering that I'd won a, like almost nothing and I rejected it and chose again, when really I'd won the second from the top prize. And I couldn't believe I had done that. It was, it was just so strange. But I was so mad at him because I said, you let me do that? That's when I realized it's not his job at all 
course, I realized this a day or two later, and let me be really clear at the time, I was a little annoyed at him. I says, why did you let me do that? He says, well, I thought you knew what you were doing. But actually in the past, his mind would work faster and he would stop me from doing stupid stuff like that. So it wasn't a big deal. Um, it was, I was very upset, but not about the $15. I was upset that I didn't see it. I didn't recognize what I was looking at on the screen. In other words, my mental clarity after a couple of drinks was, was really altered. And then I noticed him the next day. He went back the next night and a machine that he had won all night on the day before, like he cleaned house, he went back to it and lost everything on the same machine. And I thought, you know, in the past, before I noticed some of his issues, he never would have done that logically. There's no common sense in that. You don't go back to a machine that's paid out all night because they're on, they're on a cycle usually. Some of them are sort of consistent. They're just, you win, you lose. But when you've had a day where he, I bet, got 21 bonuses in a couple of hours, doubled his money, and he put the $100 back in the next night and played that just stubbornly till it was all gone. And I was so mad at him. And I thought, honey, that's not logical. You would never have done that five, six years ago. So that's where those two things happened. Then two nights later, we go down to my favorite place, the wind for the evening for a dinner for his birthday. And we place lots there. And again, so I didn't drink the day before, but I haven't been day drinking, but it's, we're going to be drinking the evening there. They, I went, I was okay with wine that night, but unlike the mixed drinks where they water those down pretty heavily, I'm now into like my fourth full glass of wine. They're a little generous at the win, especially if you tip the girls. And I play a penny machine. We're having a great time for a couple hours. It was a wonderful evening. He wins. I lose as usual. I take, you know, my money and we go to another machine and we had another fun hour. And I thought, okay, you know what? I've got this $35 left. I'm going to play a quarter machine. Like I'm really, it's their money anyways. I didn't expect to come home with my money that night. It was the, it was the evening of the, uh, you know, if, if you can spend a four hours drinking for free for a hundred bucks and have a really great time for four hours, that's cheap entertainment in my world. But um, I went over to a quarter machine and I put my money in. It said a quarter. I knew that. But what I wasn't recognizing was the number of lines it was playing. And I saw the word 20, the number 25 on the button and I hit it. And I hit it two or three times and all my money's gone. And I'm looking at Keith. He says, you're paying a quarter machine. I said, I know that. He says, but you're playing 25 lines times 25. <gasps> I'm like, why didn't you stop me? He says, I told you it was a quarter machine. That was it. I had had too much to drink. I'd had these couple of incidences going on and I burst into tears <laughs> in the middle of the wind. Anyways, I get myself under control. I was like, okay, we need to go home now. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I was just very upset with myself. I didn't even rec I didn't even recognize what I was looking at again. So this is where now I'm going home very sad and I go straight to bed. I've had way much too much to drink and Keith didn't stop me yet again from doing something stupid. So I was mad at him. But then I had now the next few days to really start taking a good look at behavior and habits. And I that's when I had this epiphany. I have an unconscious subconscious re reliance on him to stop me from doing stupid stuff like that. I'm sure I do that stuff all the time, but I never get to the end of it because Keith always intervenes and prevents it. And maybe I just hadn't really been giving that enough credit over the years, but he is unable to anymore because his mind's not working that fast either. Ah, I said. Now, this might be seem really silly to you that I'm having this epiphany over a stupid 15 and then $30 
slot machine game in Vegas on vacation when we've had too many cocktails. But you could relay this to so many other avenues in your life because this isn't about the 20 bucks, people. This is about recognizing where you subconsciously and unconsciously have a belief system that might not be serving you anymore. I talk a lot. You know the brand for this podcast is High Functioning Habits and Not Living in Regret. Well, I walked away from some wonderful evenings with this huge amount of regret. I walked away with the habits that I have formed not benefiting me. And I had to really take a really close look at that. And where it hit me was when I sent him off on his way the next day, had a day to think about it, and then went to my girlfriends to basically bitch and complain, is where it hit me that, you know what, I needed to own this. I don't get to blame someone else for my actions. But if I was relying on that, my actions now needed to change. So I guess maybe some of the... the focus I want to focus on here is that there is no end to creating high functioning habits in your life. Times change, circumstances change, habits have to change. I know I did a podcast last year where I was talking about how my habits had changed so drastically when I got sick. When I was younger and was a young mom and a single mom, I had habits and processes in place. Then that changed when I became a partner and it was in a marriage. Then those things changed when I was in a, you know, I spent six years in a really high stressful job with Bell Canada. Then I got sick. Those are all different segments of my life. And I have a dear friend down in the States and Tracy made that comment. She says, you know what? I'm glad you're owning this. She says, and I'm glad you realize that, you know what? Six years has gone by and maybe what you did before isn't going to work anymore. And she's absolutely right. But the big thing that came right out of it was my first, first thing I had to own, even before, I mean, you can still go and complain to your friends. That's what girlfriends are for, was I had to own this. I didn't get to sit and have a spout off that, how dare my husband not look after me? Because that's not how life works. Now, in this case, husband, do you do this with family? with a boss, with your child, with a spouse. This could be happening anywhere in your life. So times change, habits have to change. So I've got to look at my life now and say, is Vegas still the place for us? And if it is, it's going to have to look a little differently. I'm going to have to be more aware of where I become compromised. Like everyone's compromised when they're drinking. Let's be clear. If you think you're in charge, in control of all your actions when you're drunk, you're not. We all know that. We watch drunk people at parties and young people going, oh my gosh, what were they thinking? Well, you know what? None of us are in full control. But it seems that I'm less aware than I was in the past with what's what going on. So I need to put some habits and some awareness in place right up front now before I walk into those situations. So good habits are not about trying to deal with a situation when it's gone too far. They're about preventing or managing things in advance. So there are lots of habits in life that you don't need 10,000 hours to perfect. Like they talk about the 10,000 hours to reach, to become proficient or an expert in something. Well, we're not learning, uh, you know, to be Steve Jobs or uh, Microsoft, Bill Gates, or to play the violin. We are just talking about things that may require, you know, 5, 10, 20 repeats of the same thing, and then that will become a new habit for you. And one of the things that really helps with changing something in your life is making notes. I have really started to have to learn to use the note feature in my iPhone. Now, I've been using it for a couple of years for traveling. Every time we go someplace, I make notes about the do's and don'ts because I was even noticing, of course, remember, it's been six years. 
I've done it for a num long, long time so that I remember the good things, but I started using it to prevent mistakes after I got sick. And now I really rely on it because I want the best experience. I don't want to keep recreating the wheel when I go someplace because I forgot, you know, quote unquote, what happened last time I was there or last time I did this. So there's a, a good example of creating a new habit. I started using notes in my computer, in my phone, and it, it links into my iPad. What I had not done was my calendar. Now, I've had to get a new phone just recently, and now I've got an, a new iPad that my son sold me because he, he didn't need it anymore, and mine was broken. And it meant syncing up everything. Well, when we were, went into my calendars, I had like eight of them, and I was complaining how sometimes I put something in a calendar and it doesn't show up on my phone and I missed an appointment. And my son's looking at me laughing yet again. Don't forget, he's an IT geek. He's like, yeah, mom, uh, do you remember what calendar you choose? I'm like, oh, no, well, you know, whatever the system. He says, well, if it defaults to work and you've got your home calendar on your phone, you're not seeing everything. I knew that. You know, you know it in the back of your mind sometimes, but I'd never consciously, con co consciously decided to use that feature of my in my life. Well, now I have. So now that I've got everything on, on new devices, I deleted everything but home, the joint, and work, and I color-coded them differently. And now when I put something in my calendar, I don't just choose what it is, the start and stop time, I choose the calendar. Such a stupid little thing, and some of you may go, well, duh, but I wasn't taking that extra step in my habits. That fourth thing was never happening. I was just letting that happen, whatever it defaulted to, and then wondering why down the road things were missing. So now I've consciously have added a fourth step to my calendar habit. Now the calendar habit I've had to have for a long time because if I don't write it down, it's just simply not happening in my life. I had created a really good habit that was serving me really, really well, but I wasn't taking it one step further that made sure that it was going across devices and that I was separating it into, you know, work and life. Everything was just all blue <laughs> and some things were going to another calendar and weren't there at all. So taking notes and creating new habits you don't need to put in mass amounts of time. You need, make, need to make a conscious effort that although you might know something, you're truly going to know it and use it and integrate it into your life. And usually after doing it about six to 12 times, you will remember to do it. It is interesting now in my life in my mid fifties, have you ever gone to work in the morning and something happened that shouldn't have happened and it interrupted your routine? So for me, if I do not put my deodorant on and then brush my teeth, I forget one of those steps. I'll forget the deodorant. So if you interrupt me, I just have a thing of the shower, the deodorant, the face cream, the brush the teeth, you know, whatever. The, no, brush the teeth and the face cream. It may be so, so simple. And I wasn't even aware of it until, you know, someone came to my door one morning and interrupted me. And then boom, I walk out the door with no deodorant on. <laughs> not a big deal. These are things are kind of funny, but... I want you to think about what happens unconsciously in your life. I did the same thing in Puerto Vallarta last year. I was putting on my sunscreen, head to toe, head to toe 60, man. I'm a redhead with fair skin and freckles. My husband interrupted me halfway through and was a bit insistent because I think the boys were going out doing something without us girls for an hour. He said, Quickly, tiny, do my back. So he interrupted me. And what happened was I had brought my sunscreen down one arm, but hadn't done the back of the arm. And didn't realize. So I go, I do him, he leaves, and I carry on, hit my midriff, start doing my legs. 
that side of my arm, I literally got on the plane a day later with my skin was so burnt. It was almost purple. It was really, really painful and bad. And you could see my fingerprints literally across my arm where I brought the cream down and then didn't finish it because my routine of starting at my face and working down my back and down my arms and then my legs to my feet. That's how I put my sunscreen on. This may seem really ridiculous to someone in their twenties who has, who is very, their mental acuity is sharp and you're, you know, you can juggle things around with multitasking and take yourself right back on track. But if you have things in your life where that is not innate for you and you do struggle, then you have to make more of an effort to make sure, you know, that everything's in place and that you do things in order or that at least you're aware of it and that you can be interrupted and make sure everything still gets done. Now this really can happen in work. So the more of a serious note is in your life. I'm sort of making fun of this. I've had a trip to Vegas. I'm talking about deodorant, you know, sunscreen. That's just personal habits, but this can happen in work and, and it really does apply to me as well because it's something I've really had to come to terms with as well on this trip and in this last two months. I took on too much this last two months. I have not been able to handle the things at home. I haven't podcasted. I don't work on the High Functioning Habits brand. There's you know, a bunch of you that have downloaded the book and off the internet, thank you. And I haven't even sent you an email to say thank you. I have not learned how to use the software and the programs that are tied into those email campaigns. And it has got to become a priority for me. But I left myself no time. I don't multitask anymore. And it is something I have got to accept and look at my client list and say, what am I keeping? What do I need to let go? These types of things apply your high functioning habits, your, your routines. They apply in every area of your life. I really notice it with a dear friend of mine who is just always strung right out. And the fact that I've been that way for two months really made me aware there. She's still raising children. So it's, it's sometimes it's hard to watch her to say, okay, quit taking on more stuff when you actually are not managing what's on your plate already. So that is a whole nother podcast we will talk about. And that's kind of tied maybe I'll tie that into the man in the mirror one. But just know that as your life changes and circumstance changes, time, age, your health, you have to readjust each time. And there is nothing wrong with change so that you have the most high functioning life possible. Have a fantastic day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you again for joining me today. And remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell. And I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan.